Okay. And here we go. Yeah. Wow, you sound disappointed. You want to tell people why you're so disappointed Yeah, right so now? what happened is that, well, this week's episode uh, won't have a video. Uh, unfortunately, I'm really sorry, uh, our Patreon members, that uh, this is going to be our first time to break our promise, you know? Um, <laughs> uh, what happened is that my laptop uh, was submerged in water, uh, in salt water, by the way, uh, so it's unlikely that I can recover data or even the laptop so uh, we had to set up all the new thing all the things that we've been doing on a laptop that is not mine uh, or the other that we haven't used at all for this podcasting so um, we barely set up for audio uh, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the quality yeah. sounds a little bit different that's why mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, that's why we don't have the uh, the video this time around. Yeah, but it works out pretty well because we're looking like shit anyway. So yeah, man, you don't want to see us all the time. Got to mix it up. Yeah. We have some cool captions and a still picture and a follow along karaoke style. <laughs> right. So. So today we're going to talk about what are we talking about? Martial arts. Martial arts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the ancient ones foretold of this podcast episode <laughs> in which we would discuss our ancient secrets of fighting. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it's a vast subject also, right? But I guess you can uh, put under the category of training, uh, motivation. You know, I guess they are not super unrelated. But... Um, We've uh, you growing up actually learning martial arts, right? Yeah, Tukong. I did. Yeah, different different styles depending where I was living, mm-hmm. just because of all the travel. So right, instead of Kajin Kempo, Kempo, some Taekwondo, mm-hmm. and then Tukong as well, and then wrestled in high school. So I've had a I'd say a well-rounded experience of yeah. going through a lot of different styles and learning, and by no means an expert, but also not an amateur i guess yeah but it's been it's been some years since i've trained trained right like 10 years <laughs> true but you've yeah. been training muay thai very frequently for the last few years yeah and then starting up again recently as right we talked about. initially i started kickboxing uh not muay thai in korea when i was uh, right after uh high school because right after high school, we moved to uh, the city called Suwon, uh, south of Seoul, adjacent to Seoul. And um, I briefly talked about this. But anyway, um, I'm not going to really go in detail. But I wa- mo- we moved there. I uh, started training kickboxing with this um, really short, um, stocky coach. He was old at the time. I, th- I think he was in the 40s. And it was a heavy smoker, but um, I trained to keep boxing for three years until I went to the military and then kind of stopped there. Um, and then in the U.S., uh, 2000, I think, uh, 17 or 18, I started train again. And then I got injured um, because I was climbing and doing muay thai and lifting at the same time <laughs> <laughs> doing all three at once pretty yeah. much all the same day yeah and like like i said the biggest mistake was that i would like training um 
I mean, I would climb and on the same day I would do, do back. my back workout. You know, very heavy. You know, so that was stupid, I yeah. guess. And you're a big guy, bigger than you are now. I mean, you're still big, but you're not. We were heavy back then. Yeah, I was really heavy. Yeah, you, 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 you were as well, right? I mean, yeah. you, you were close to two hundred pounds, yeah, right? Around there. And then yeah. we saw, actually we saw the picture of you, you the other day, right? I yeah, mean, I was like, Whoa, massive well, difference. <laughs> Very strange to see. It's like, wow, I was jacked, you know. But I yeah, those miserable days. <laughs> Not for me. I think you. It was miserable for you because oh. you, do, you didn't really enjoy the eating part. No, I hated it. I mean, you remember what I brought into lunch every day? Yeah, pound of turkey, like yeah. two cups of rice, and a can full of black beans. Yeah. this was my lunch every day yeah and i would just sit there and eat it because i wanted to get big yeah oh my god it just it makes me feel disgusted to even think about yeah <laughs> it was horrible looking just tabasco sauce on that turkey the way the yeah. fat congeals oh it's like slimy oh, i hate it i hate it i mean to be fair you chose the worst you know ingredient <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true because <laughs> Back then, I would eat uh, like burritos all the time, mm-hmm. you know, because high carbs, high protein, which I needed to bulk up and yeah. maintain the uh, muscle mass. So to me, it was heaven. I mean, <laughs> I would eat burritos all the time. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know what was wrong. I guess I just didn't have as. Even I mean, don't get me wrong. Your diet was very efficient. You know. Yeah. Very efficient. Was, highly efficient. But not yeah. uh, not enjoyable or sustainable. I mean, it was sustainable. I did for a long time, but yeah. I don't think any sane person would put themselves through that again. Mm-hmm. But I remember the first time I think I saw you kick was when we went to the gym mm-hmm. in Austin. The the, the the fancy kind of the fancy gym. one. Yeah, they I have a new name now because uh, they were they were bought by this uh, huge fitness company. Mm-hmm. It's a lifetime something like that. Oh, yeah, okay. They own it. Yeah, yeah, so downtown Austin, right next to the Whole Foods, there yeah. was this upscale gym. I remember we went there. It's kind of something bucks, right, a month? Yeah, yeah. For, and for the U.S., you know, in a yeah. major city. That's well, like, let's not forget. And then we actually, that was right after we started move uh, moving together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were roommates at the time in downtown Austin. And we specifically chose that gym because there were a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> let's not forget that part, <laughs> buddy. like... <laughs> yeah, there was there's a lot of uh, attractive people that went oh, yeah. to the gym. A lot. Yeah. A yeah, lot. I mean the facility was cool too because it was mm-hmm. upstairs, it was kind of warehouse, you know, mm-hmm. brick, a lot of open yeah. window, factory kind of style. Yeah. And people who are more serious about fitness, yeah. right? Well, so, except for that one Indian dude that was mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh yeah. Like, I'm don't get me wrong. Any gym <laughs> has those, you know, weirdos. Yeah. But uh on average there were a lot of they had a lot of um uh, serious. Yeah, yeah, no, some big, big, very athletic people in there. Yeah, you know, women and men. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was the first time I think I saw you actually kick the bag, and I mm-hmm. was. I mean, I knew you did kickboxing and you mm-hmm. trained and all those, but you had a really hard kick. And I was very surprised because mm-hmm. most people that say they did martial arts or they trained, eh, yeah, I mean they they went and they did it, but they were mm-hmm. never effective or actually right. how to strike or. You know, really do anything surrounding, especially yeah. in the U.S. because the culture is full of. It was at one point. I'm sure it still is today. Of mm-hmm. A lot of these kind of McDojos, <laughs> you know, they just pop up everywhere. Still there are a lot. Yeah, they're in strip yeah. malls. They're these yeah. really overweight, you know, out of shape mm-hmm. white dudes, middle aged, yeah. teaching martial arts, you know, yeah. with no background or really no context as to 
mm-hmm. how they even arrived to the place to be a teacher. Yeah. So hundred percent. I I ran into a lot of those. I trained at them. I saw mm-hmm. people that got through them. And just most of those guys are totally inexperienced. And so you kind of take it with a grain of salt when you hear somebody in the U.S. say, oh, yeah, you know, I did martial arts. <laughs> kind of like, oh, okay, that's cool, I guess. Right. Sure you did, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I not sure, to mean that in a demeaning way, but right. it's just something that you don't usually see from a lot of people. Like, mm-hmm. you don't get a lot of opportunities where you're going to see somebody actually put that into practice. True. How I many people are running around getting in fights or how often is there a punching bag or something like that around where you can actually see, oh, shit, this person knows how to strike. Yeah. So I thought that was that was pretty cool. And we had, when he had joined Muay Thai, I guess I had just mm-hmm. been doing climbing primarily. Because I don't think, no, I went to one Muay Thai class with you. I remember. Yes. Yeah. Um, did you? It was, or was that a boxing class? Boxing class. We boxing went to boxing class, class together. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we went to a couple boxing classes. Actually. Yeah, we just wanted to uh, try out their program and and uh, pick a place. And the only thing, only place I remember is that uh, the was it was it was it in Cedar Park? It was pretty far. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty far. And then the training was just, itself was good. Uh, the guy was really knowledgeable. He was an actual boxer, uh, but it was kind of too far. That's why we didn't go there. You remember, you remember how hard it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was they, hard. They made us run right at yeah. the start, and all at that time, all we were doing, like we mentioned before, was yeah. pretty much just bulking and weightlifting. Mm-hmm. We'd play basketball every now and then when yeah. we went to the gym, but it I wasn't been doing any cardio. No cardio. Mm-hmm. And the first thing we did was immediately had to run for it was probably yeah. like 15, 20 minutes. It was Not a, long, but it was a shock. It was shock to oh our body. Oh my goodness! Yeah. It was rough. It was so rough. And honestly, the the rest of the class wasn't bad, right? You know, the striking, hitting the bags. Mm-hmm. But I remember we got in the ring, mm-hmm. and you're sparring with that one guy. Yeah. And he got upset. It got heated because you yeah. were tagging him. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember so that. Yeah. He tried to start swinging really hard. Yeah. And it was just, you kind of would expect more respect when you're going into a new mm-hmm. school and people. I don't know. That I've been trained there for a long time. Shouldn't be mm-hmm. so hot headed. And then I felt yeah. bad because they paired me with the one girl who had a fight upcoming. Yeah. You remember that? They're yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, she's got a fight upcoming, so you spar with her. Yeah. And I'm like, I actually know how to spar. <laughs> I kept hitting her in the face. <laughs> I'm like, this is not what no are you guys face. doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a- yeah, that's a little crazy, dude. I mean, uh, it shouldn't be. I don't know. This is just my opinion. Sparring is yes, of course, is uh, effective in many ways, and then is uh, there there are a lot of benefits. But let's not even go there. But in my opinion, I think it really uh, should be up to the student, yeah. especially uh, based on their skill levels, right? I mean, if you're a newcomer, you're not gonna. I don't think they should spar right away. You know, they should have all the you know basic techniques and things like that you know, uh, established first and then spar, right? I mean, from there, whether or not it should be their uh, choice, yeah, I mean, that can be up to um, the owner of the gym, for mm-hmm. sure. But like newcomers shouldn't be, like the beginners, it shouldn't shouldn't be doing sparring, no. Yeah, it just doesn't no. make sense because... Does it make any sense? Because, yeah. yes, you still can learn from it, you know, uh, especially psychological part, but, you know... You're missing out on a large part, which is 
applying your techniques, testing your techniques, but you don't have any techniques. Mm-hmm. So what are you doing? What are you doing? It's just getting punishments, right? Yeah. And that's fine. You know, like I said, it's, it's, there's still things to learn from it, but not not a lot, not not in a meaningful way. You know. Yeah. I mean, the other problem is that, especially when you don't have the skill set, not only does it open you up to risk of mm-hmm. injury. If you're fighting somebody less experienced, right? They may not mm-hmm. know how to restrain or you know fight you in a wholesome manner and mm-hmm. also for the person who's sparring with somebody yeah. new they also don't know how to control their body you mm-hmm. know especially when you get into martial arts and you're adding yeah. kicks and like maybe various grappling techniques and things of that mm-hmm. nature you know they, they can be dangerous they can accidentally yeah. break your nose hurt you that they don't realize mm-hmm. so I, I i totally agree i think sparring is like you said it's for the application of the skills that Mm -hmm. you've honed yeah and then refining them right and how how you can apply them in that type of situation exactly exactly and most people honestly you're not ready for that for (laughs) six months to a year yeah depending on your level of training some Mm -hmm. people faster than others some people slower than others yeah but i mean the guys that practice the skill whether it's the jab Mm -hmm. you know the roundhouse or whatever and then really get that masterfully down Mm mm-hmm they're going to have way, way better time when they go spar for the first time because it's yeah. not going to be unfamiliar. Right. They're not going to be hesitant to throw it. Like, there's something to rely on, that skill set they can fall back on. Well, I know how to jab. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I don't know how to, like, gauge distance, mm-hmm. you know, work the ring and things like that, but it's still much better than the guy who's just going in there flowing because mm-hmm. then you build bad habits as well. Yeah. That's something that's often overlooked. Yeah. You know, yeah, if you skill, you know, you drill sparring a thousand times or drill a punch a thousand times, but you're doing it wrong way, guess what? You just wasted your entire time and yeah. you have to unlearn all that shit. Yeah, which is very hard. <sighs> Unlearning is very hard. And that's why, you know, they try to uh, establish the basic skills correctly uh, instead of moving forward quickly, you know? Uh, because, yes, you know, jabbing is not that hard. I mean, if you, you, you can learn pretty quickly, but jabbing in the best perfect way is different from also jabbing in a sparring you know you, you may be able to do that there are different levels of jabbing you know there the skills uh, application of skills mm-hmm. you know you may be able to uh jab correctly i mean beautifully on a heavy bag or pads yeah but when you're doing sparring your jabbing could completely just gone yeah. because you don't know like how to react to you know, incoming punches and incoming, you know, um, opponents. Yeah. It's a completely different story. So, um, I don't know where I was going going <laughs> with this, but um, that's why establishing basic skills correctly is very, very important. Yeah, and then also be able to, mm-hmm. especially with kicking and things of that nature, mm-hmm. trying to master both sides. Yeah. I mean, when I was in martial arts, I always favored my right leg. Mm-hmm. I mean, even to this day, my right leg is... Mm-hmm. If I'm going to go kick somebody and, you know, I'm trying yeah. to hurt them, yeah. definitely going <laughs> to, you know, it's going to be with my right leg, not my mm-hmm. left leg. Right. And my left leg just feels like the retarded, stupid brother <laughs> in comparison yeah. to my right leg. It's like, oh, come along, guy. Here right. we go. We're going to do kicks. You remember yeah. those, right? Yeah. So it's so easy to just lean into one side that mm-hmm. you're more natural with and then hamper yourself down the road mm-hmm. because it's, very common yeah yeah, it happens to a lot of people they say you know it's kind of old adage but spend twice as long as your as your training on your dominant side on Mm. your non-dominant side Mm. to get that same level and skill set yeah and there's been martial artists i've trained with that really took that to heart 
mm-hmm. and when you spar with those guys you know they switch stances or whatever you're yeah. like, fuck it like yeah. you know they're just as fast and as good on that leg and mm-hmm. you have to pay attention to both right. feet and what they're doing mm-hmm. you know same with the hands and it really puts you more on the defensive and very aware of how you should yeah you know navigate that fight with that individual oh, yeah. or that sparring session yeah, it makes you more unpredictable uh, as an opponent. You know, when you can use both sides uh, uh, on the same level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it becomes a, a lot more predict- unpredictable. Yeah, because you don't know which which side is coming. You know? Yeah. So I mean, we grew up watching a tons of martial arts movies. <laughs> yes. And being inspired, influenced by a lot of these True. these big figures that we considered, you know, a lot of like childhood heroes like mm-hmm. Jackie Chan, Jet Li, you know, mm-hmm. all basically the action stars. Rob uh Sean Claude Van Damme. Rob Claude Van Damme? Why no. you call that? No. Uh <laughs> what a second. <laughs> Kickboxer. Jan? Jan? Jang? What is this? Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah, yeah there yeah, Jean Claude Van Damme. I don't know why. <laughs> Bloodsport? Like, come on. Bloodsport, yeah. Yeah, you know, these great movies. Yeah, you see yeah. them doing these perfect splits, you know. Yeah. They're just going through the punches. Mm-hmm. and the, There was just so much rich his, history in cinema tied to martial arts and kind of this Eastern philosophy of mm-hmm. spiritualism. And, yeah. Oh, you know, there's like this mystical power attached mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Which I think was very impactful for why I wanted to study martial arts Mm -hmm. from the get-go because it kind of had that like cool cool vibe to it yeah and I feel like we've definitely shifted from that at least in mainstream media Mm -hmm. of like the cool martial arts Mm -hmm. action hero to the more now it's kind of like the CIA agent or the military trained guy Mm -hmm. and then with obviously the UFC getting as big as it has a lot more people that are interested in jiu-jitsu and you know that type of striking but i feel like one of the biggest components missing like we've talked about before is kind of the philosophy attached Mm -hmm. to martial arts yeah which to me is even way more valuable than even the physical practice or it it makes the physical practice actually valuable when it's in tangent with it yeah i mean it, it really uh serves as foundation of your physical training because I actually I wrote this uh, a long time ago when I was uh, when I wrote about martial arts why this is martial arts is better than just I mean I wouldn't say better but how it is different from just um, you know conventional or modern day fitness Mm -hmm. industry is that they have they emphasize those philosophical part of uh, training you know Mm -hmm. again Dojo, which is also Tojang in Korean or uh, even Chinese, it's the same thing. It's just different pronunciation. Is that it's the way, a way of a place. So they practice, you know, both physical and psychological part, you know, mental part together. It was not separable. Yeah. You know, that's why they called uh, the place gym basically the place they were trained a place of a way. You know. Mm, yeah, I mean that changes entirely mm-hmm. the way you would think about the gym yeah 100 percent. and then you know like muay thai for example and a lot of uh different martial arts especially the old ones they were uh initially most of them or a lot of them were designed to kill people you know mm-hmm. develop skills to kill people you know that can be used in war and things like that and then when you teach people 
essentially the skills to kill another human being. If you omit the you know philosophical part, it, then it's really hard to justify your killing you know learning killing skills, right? That's why I think they you know emphasize the philosophical part that okay, this is why we're doing this, you know. Yeah, it sets a precedence. Yes. And on that note of setting precedences. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys, but unless you're a Patreon member, this is where the <laughs> the free version ends. And it's just now starting to get, we're already 20 minutes in. Oh, really? Yeah, it's going by quick. Okay, well, yeah. So we've been doing this since uh, the last episode, right? So we are, um, you know, putting the a proper mark on the end of a free version, right? Yeah, so. just so you guys don't feel like you've been dropped out randomly of the loop. Yes, but we thank you for listening and, you know, check out the, the Patreon. It only is $5 for the full version. You mm-hmm. get the full audio. Yeah. And then you can check us out on any of your favorite podcast platforms, you know, mm-hmm. Spotify, Apple, yeah. Acast. I don't think yeah. anybody uses Acast, but we have it. Right. <laughs> and please remember to like, subscribe, and leave a comment, and we'll, we'll get back to you. Okay. Yeah. Let's cut thank over you the guys. One. Okay. So you were saying, though, that... Yeah, I mean, I think there's a large factor mm-hmm. into if you're going to have to kill somebody, mm-hmm. you need some pretty good reasons yeah. to do that. And, I mean, obviously you need training yeah. as well. So they kind of helped bridge that gap into understanding and teaching also mm-hmm. the value of life because there's a lot of styles that emphasize a lot of Buddhist teachings mm-hmm. or you know Hindu teachings, varying philosophies about mm-hmm the time and place to actually use martial arts in the application mm-hmm. and almost martial arts can also be a tool to tame the body right mm-hmm. you know it's where the spirit also becomes master over the self yeah it's like part of that yeah and there's i mean as we talk about all the time with training i mean very very much with martial arts and that type of training though you do gain a sense of mastery over your physical self mm-hmm. once you realize how incapable and how dumb your body is no i mean you pick up a weapon you've never used before you know something like the nunchucks bro you're gonna hurt yourself <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna realize oh fuck yeah. my body does not do anything i want it to and it takes it takes a lot to learn anything even like basic mm-hmm. punches like you said before yeah you might be able to throw a punch perfectly on a pad or to the air yeah but how much does that change when you're you know go fighting against somebody or you're in a weird moving target yeah yeah and so that's like who's anticipating your jet yeah yeah they know they (laughs) know you're trying to hit them Mm -hmm. changes the circumstances entirely yeah and again it speaks back into that kind of spiritual philosophical principle that yeah like you said you know the truth is a moving target and it's something that has to be continually done Mm -hmm. you know the process is never finished yeah this continual thing this like refining of yourself your discipline your mental your spirit and your body because mm-hmm. you need all of them they all need to be in balance you yeah. know a lot of the martial arts talks about balance deeply and I, that's to me the bummer about the ufc and just the way combat sports are going in general mm-hmm. is that they're completely detached from the spiritual aspect and again i use that word just because i have a lack of a better description i mean philosophy is probably the better word choice Mm -hmm. but when you have a philosophy it doesn't only affect the way you train it affects every other every your life yeah of course yeah it's not they're not separable that's the whole point of you know um calling the place dojo 
Yeah. Yeah. It's your way of life. It's not just way of uh, your physical um, capacity or ability. You know, it's a way of your life. Yeah, and that changes. Mm -hmm. You're a different person because of that. Mm -hmm. You know, you also learn how to use the tool that you become. Like your body becomes a tool. Yeah. But not to use it wrongly or poorly. Of course. You're not like going to go start a bar fight. You're not going to be trying to get into fights. I mean, every martial Mm -hmm. artist I've ever talk to they're they always say you know the first mm-hmm. line of defense is running you know de escalate a fight yeah. you know avoid confrontation but when you fight you know you must fight and you execute flawlessly you know yeah go for kills and things of that nature and again mm-hmm. nobody wants to do that i mean how many times have you and i gone out and like somebody wants to harass us mm-hmm. or you know kind of pick a fight because they're drunk you know it's not anything mm-hmm. we did but you and I just laugh it off. Like, these guys have you have no idea. I mean, I don't know who you are, yeah. for one, but you're drunk, so you probably, even if you were capable, you're too drunk to even fight. Right. And then you have no idea who I am. Like, yeah. why would you want to pick a fight with me? Like, what's, mm-hmm. what's the point of that? And it's just so easy because you don't have to think of yourself in a way like, oh, my ego has been challenged. Like, I need to fight this guy. Because you have the philosophical and spiritual principles to back you know it's okay it's not a big deal like your ego mm-hmm. should not have anything to do with this so it gives you even the tool sets in that situation to walk away you know how you handle so many facets of your life i think that's the real power of martial arts the discipline mm-hmm. that is applied to more than just the physical application and training yeah i mean uh like monitor fitness uh, just going to gym and lifting all that uh still have that uh, element um, of martial arts, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, discipline, for example, is one of them. Like you still not have to, but if you, with discipline, you can uh, go further. You can train better, mm-hmm. you know, even, you know, lifting gym. But I think where, where it lacks, like typical this modern day fitness uh, scene is uh, humility. You know, I think martial arts places um, huge emphasis on um, humility, you yeah. know, that's that's really big part. You know, yeah. I mean, when you go to lifting gym, I mean, there's hardly an opportunity for you to feel the humility, you know. Yeah, yeah. But in martial arts is very, very. I mean, it's a part of it. Part of it, humility is part of it. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's abundantly clear. Yeah. Everything from the way you put on your your gi, the way you you know, interface with other people, the language you use. Mm-hmm. There's so much humility baked into every aspect mm-hmm. of it. And again, like it's easy to go to the gym and just lift some weights and totally be mindless in the in the application of that. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason you and I have been successful even with fitness in the gym is because yeah. we have that background though. You know, those values that allow you to pull out more than just working out yeah also it allows you to i think engage in a deeper level yeah so that you understand truly why you're there you know it's not oh i'm just going to get in better shape or aesthetic Mm. and like again for some people even myself that was the only aims at certain times but i don't think that's sustainable for most people you need to be passionate and have like Mm. something an ideology attached to why you're going. Yeah. You know, because if you don't have that, it becomes very difficult when it's, oh, it's fucking rainy day or mm-hmm. I'm tired, I'm beat. 
it's really hard to go. Yeah. Very, very difficult to go. But when you have that backing of that ideology and those principles and mm. those philosophies about who you want to be, the kind of person that, you know, martial arts oftentimes gives you, mm-hmm. it becomes so much easier because you have a yeah. lot more to rely on than your physical condition. You know, you temper your spirit. Your mm-hmm. spirit is powerful and becomes weaponized in that sense. And you yeah. can take advantage and use it. And I, I just think that's one of the things lacking from the mainstream fitness culture and industry we have in the u.s yeah and maybe that'll change you know maybe it won't maybe that's largely a byproduct of all these mcdojos and Mm -hmm. you know these cheesy (laughs) 80s movies and 90s movies where people are like oh this shit doesn't work you can't fight like that and yeah i I totally agree you can't just go to martial arts and expect to actually be an effective Mm -hmm. fighter like there's definitely yeah. specific styles of fighting that are way more applicable mm-hmm. than others. Yeah. But again, I think the the discipline and the philosophy attached to a lot of the martial arts mm-hmm. is of the real value, the true value. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. And I think I uh, put this in my uh, piece of writing that I uh, mentioned earlier that humility. Some people will don't highly value humility, and I understand because um, typically humility is more uh, of a thing uh, in the Asian culture than uh, Western culture. And you know, you can't even quote um, some part of Nietzsche's that he humility is part of uh, slaves' morality mm-hmm. characters, yeah. right? But I think it really, you know, uh, it is based on uh, its ability. Whether or not the the uh, the subject has the power or will, you know, and when you do, that's a different story. You're not you're not under the slave morality anymore. You know, like if you have the strength, if you have power, um, I think Jordan Peterson also like I don't know if he if he was uh, talking about this in relation to Nietzsche, but he talks something similar about it mm-hmm. that it, it's better to be a monster, you know. Um, like gentle monster, I don't know exactly what kind of term he used, but it's better to be a monster who can control his power rather than, you know, uh, a prayer, um, a prey who doesn't have. Yeah, any means to. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, I I do agree that there's a lot of false humility. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't really be humble mm-hmm. if you have nothing to be humble about. Yeah. You know, that's so true. Yeah. Applying like humility to a lot of our lives where mm-hmm. bro, you have no you have no reason to be humble. Yeah. You know, gain some skills, get better at whatever you're gonna do, you know, mm-hmm. master your craft, yeah. and then be humble about that for sure. Yeah. I think when you actively are choosing to be humble rather than just Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, adopting it because that's the passive norm. humility. Yeah, you like say. that's fucking yeah. yeah, like you said, you know, it's slave morality. Yeah. And we all fall into these types of traps depending on where we grew up. There's always going to be some values that we just take on to ourselves like camels. Like, again, like Nietzsche says, mm-hmm. you know, we're just weight-bearing animals of all these burdens that initially we don't realize. And I think I think that's there's some very real truth in there that humility is not necessarily a good value to have. It can be. Mm-hmm. But you also have to be able to accept yourself and present yourself in a realistic way. Because if you're always humble, then you're also kind of like serving your ego in a way that says, I am something that I am not. Mm-hmm. If you're good at something, like you don't have to be bragging and over the top about it. Mm-hmm. But if somebody's like, oh, man, you're good, you know. Yeah. You don't have to say, no, no, I'm not, you know, and like yeah. basically not agree with them. You can just own it and say, oh, yeah, man, I appreciate yeah. it. I've been doing it for a while. 
there's still a long ways to go. Yeah. That's always a truthful statement. But we are definitely taught, or it's reinforced in our minds, that I should be like, no, no, I'm not that good. Mm-hmm. And in this day and age where you have Instagram and you have all this stuff so mm-hmm. readily available to you, you can see people that are you know, light years away from you, so much better. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I think, easy to kind of fall into that trap that, oh, I suck, like, you know, just because you're not as good as the very best, mm-hmm. which only 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you would have no idea those people existed. Because there's no way you'd ever be able to see that. Sure. <clears throat> but getting back slightly on topic with martial arts, it, what's your favorite punch, kick, or technique? Oh, in the, in those uh, different categories? Oh, easy. Uh, my favorite punch is hook, my left hook, mm-hmm. my favorite. Both short and long hooks, the, those are my favorites. And when it comes to kick, uh, I like I, I like to utilize my lead kick a lot, so my, my left kick. Mm-hmm. So uh, front leg. Yeah, front leg. I like to utilize my left kick a lot more, because usually, uh, on or- in orthodox standing, if your opponent is, opponent is also orthodox, then you, his his body is perfectly in um, at the same angle mm-hmm. as perpendicular to trajectory trajectory of my left kick mm. you know yeah so, yeah so it's easier to strike that part yeah so no, i like to utilize my left kick a lot more than my right kick i mean it's a good thing to combo yeah. up to with a hook when you're using your front because mm-hmm. it's kind of like a. well i guess it, it depends what if you're throwing dominant hand hook mm-hmm. or what you know south left ball. hook yeah my favorite is left hook. left hook yeah mm. you're not, you're not left-handed are you no Wow, that's yeah. pretty unusual. Most people have their dominant hand be their, you know, yeah, preferred true. style of striking. Yeah, I, I've been working on my left hook for a long time. Uh, so, yeah. so you just refined it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good skill set to have. Yeah, front kicks are definitely. I mean, typically, like I'm sure you know, coming from Taekwondo, your front kick is usually your scoring kick, hmm. right? Because yeah. it's quick, it's right there, it's not as powerful. Don't get me wrong, you can have a powerful front kick, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be like when you're using your back leg and turning mm-hmm. your hips over, right? There's just so much more force, but way slower. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting that you choose a kick that's like... Oh, no, no, no. I wasn't talking about front kick. I was talking about uh, roundhouse kick, but my left roundhouse kick. Oh, so your left leg in the back, though. Or which stance? Uh, in orthodox stance. Orthodox. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That so, makes- yeah, roundhouse kick, but my left left side ah okay okay that makes more sense yeah that was that's why i was kind of surprised i was like huh i had no idea i was like i never see a front kick (laughs) secret weapon (laughs) if you see it this is the last time you. yeah so like i said the trajectory of my left lead kick uh roundhouse kick is sort of like a perpendicular to the uh the angle of the body position of my opponent Mm-hmm. If he's uh, uh, using an orthodox stance, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So it is open for me right there. So whether or not, like you said earlier, if you don't have much confidence in your uh, non-dominant side of uh, side kick, mm-hmm. then uh, it won't be too effective. But if you have strong enough, uh, you know, lead kick, it could be very very useful uh, tool during oh, the fight. Yeah, man. Yeah. Especially if kicking somebody in the legs. Because they well, usually uh, expect your rear kick, because the rear kick is typically the harder kicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, I mean, most fighters expect kicks from 
you know the rear, rear kicks not yeah. from the lid kicks yeah no i mean it makes total sense yeah but <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's never enjoyable getting kicked I yeah mean, dude it hurts so much more <laughs> it hurts so much yeah. more than almost anything else like any type of kick or knee i mean there's just so much more power behind it mm-hmm. do you have any favorite type of grappling or anything like that or grappling yeah or anything on the ground i don't have much experience on the ground i mean you do you do you did wrestling um so yeah i did yeah i, I almost have no experience on ground on the ground so yeah i've uh done some sessions in mm-hmm. judo uh and wrestling uh, but that was, was negligible you know? yeah i didn't yeah. really train yeah oh, dude i mean like we've i mean you've rolled before the ground mm-hmm. is so exhausting oh yeah it's unbelievable how exhausting it is yeah like a two minute round on somebody uh, <laughs> yeah. you know you just go three rounds you, you know you only exercise for maybe six six minutes and you're dead and yeah you're drenched in sweat yeah and it's i i think the thing i really like about wrestling is that outwardly it doesn't appear to be very complex mm-hmm. and that's initially what sure. i thought yeah. too I just thought, oh, they're just wrestling. There's no really technique there. Mm-hmm. But once you get into it and you realize how subtle it is, like where you put your hips, how you are trying to like mm-hmm. take advantage of, you know, get wrist control, face control, yeah. whatever it is, there's so much more that goes into it. And it's very kind of dainty and delicate in that way. Like, yeah, you're trying to overpower the other person, mm-hmm. but the person that's going to be better than you and overpower you is the guy who's going to put his body in the right place oh, to yeah. take advantage of leverage. 100%. Like, yeah. like I told you the other day, there was guys I wrestled that were smaller than me that could just yeah, fucking flip me any way they wanted because they knew yeah. how to put their weight. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, if I could get them into a certain lock or something of that nature, then I was strong enough I could hold yeah. them there. But it's so easy to get out techniqued on the ground. Oh, yeah, dude. And so easy to get out gassed. I mean, you wrestling and judo kind of similar uh, in a way that you have to all those techniques, small techniques, subtleties, uh, play big roles in a fight, in a match. But I, I think that that speaks to the 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 value of the techniques, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, yes, you are strong, but that's another benefit of I think wrestling and, and judo too. That yes, uh, those fine techniques matter a lot, but also as you train those fine techniques like you develop strength as well oh yeah, you know? yeah. so that's, Dude, that's, that's some huge of those benefit judo guys are crazy strong that's what i heard i mean i've never really you know felt it in person mm-hmm. um i've done like judo match with my friends when i was in high school just yeah. for fun but i've never actually did it i've never done it with a actual judo guy dude yeah i mean when you see those judo guys you yeah. see their forearms they're like as big as their you know actual arms. yeah uh, judo guys are things rolled up and you're like oh my god that yeah. dude's got fucking arms <laughs> like, they usually have very highly developed chest because they mm, pull yeah, yeah. A lot of squeezing and the yeah i heard they're uh they're on average they're really strong that's what i heard i've never felt it again yeah. but do you think they'll ever come up with a new technique that's currently outdoing basically the uh, I guess just the MMA style. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, it's coming. Yeah, I think. Well, jujitsu, especially, they are developing your skills and techniques. Um, I don't know how often, but it's coming out. For example, few years back in UFC, uh, there was there was a first uh, twister, 
you know, submission uh, done by Korean zombie uh, Chang Chanson Chung. I'm Korean. I can't even pronounce his name. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, I'm gonna pronounce it in a Korean way. Chung Chanson, uh, the Korean zombie. He did Twister, and that Twister, as far as I know, uh, it did not exist uh, in that form at least. Mm. And it was developed by uh, Eddie Bravo. Bravo. Mm. Can uh, you explain that to the people that probably don't know? Uh, yeah, sure. So you, you're basically holding uh, the opponent's legs with your two legs. One one leg of your opponent with your two legs, mm. squeezing those, holding down. And then twisting upper body of your opponent using... Uh, um, squeezing their head the top so your fore, forehead area mm. uh, you you squeeze that part and then you know twist it oh to the opposite goodness. direction so <laughs> <That sounds> horrible. <laughs> yeah there's no way that you well like rear naked choke for example you can just fall asleep whatever right yeah, but yeah. that twister you have to tap you have to yeah, tap out there's no other way you're gonna break your spine yeah oh my god could you imagine Something along the line, you know, pretty severe damage, you know. Yeah, slip a disc or something. Yeah. Jesus, that'd be too intense. So as far as I know, and then uh, the lag locks are um, pretty heavy. And that's what I was told. I don't know well about jujitsu, but I heard that more and more uh, uh, the new newcomers start to utilize lag locks a lot more than before hmm. um, because it's so effective. So yeah, I think new techniques and you know all those things are still uh, coming out. You know, it's, being it's developed. Crazy to think about. You know, Isn't better, right? I mean, yeah. new generations always does better in in, in that sense because yeah. they extend and develop and improve upon the existing existing. Um, uh, how do you say uh, basis? Yeah. Right. So it's nothing. Like curriculum grows. Yeah. It's amazing. I. It'll be interesting to see because, you know, the style that people choose is like a direct result of the rules of the competition, mm -hmm. you know, the round times, the rest times, and then also what's in the zeitgeist. What what do people typically train mm -hmm. and what are their styles? So you could very, very much see a different style emerge entirely if the UFC decides to change something about, yeah. you know, hey, no more tapping. No more wrestling. We're just going to knock out or two. Yeah. Something like that. I think you would probably have an entirely different type of game. Yeah. That's another really interesting thing to talk about because when you say that, okay, UFC probably, along with others, I'm not really uh, excluding other organizations here, but it's closer to actual fight, right? You can make that argument, but also... But it's not, right? Because <laughs> nobody fights, you know, in a fixed number of rounds, in a fixed number of minutes of rounds, in a fixed uh, space. Like, nobody fights like that in reality. Yeah. It's open space. It's unlimited time, you know? Yeah. So you already kill all those elements, and it makes different fights, you know? Yeah. But it's close enough, right? I think that's why we say that, oh, it's the best fight in the world, whatever. Yeah, yeah. What do you think that they just buy an open warehouse, like, you know, say a thousand square foot warehouse, yeah. and they just pad it and have just a ref in there? And they just say, 
<laughs> whoever gets knocked out or submits first. <laughs> so you have like really good cardio, trying to run away from a guy and then recover. It's gonna come and catch me if <laughs> competition. <laughs> just one guy keeps running around, you know, the other guy's trying to catch him. <laughs> He's just gonna exhaust him. <laughs> the way fighting will change forever. <laughs> like a cowboy catches a cow with this, you know. <laughs> You're just gonna have marathoners. Yeah, that's gonna be really, really boring, right? <laughs> Super boring. Yeah. So I think keep the uh, ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're we're doing the right thing. Um, you know, limit the space of fight. But also, there's another question. Even after that, right? A ring or octagon, right? Mm. That's why I think UFC uh, heavily favors wrestler because it's an octagon. It's an mm. octagon. They're walls, yeah. basically, you know? If it's a ring, like traditional ring, it's a completely different story. That's why all it, you know, uh, in the 90s and early 2000s, really early 2000s? Wait a second. Yes, I think so. Pride, in the Pride, and they used a conventional ring, and they had some fights. Um, well, before, even before that, there were, the top guys were not, a lot of them were wrestlers mm -hmm. to begin with. And second, some UFC fighters came over to Pride because Pride was a bigger organization back then. Um, it was not the other, way or, uh, the other way around. So UFC guys used to come and you know make some special fights sometimes, but none of them like their winning rate was pretty low. Mm. Yeah, so I, that does make a big difference because if you can get a guy against a fixed surface, mm -hmm. you can take him to the ground, right? Yeah. Whereas, and then after the you ropes. take take your opponent down, you can drag him to the wall. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's a completely different story. But in a ring, you can't do that. No. I mean, Only at the corners, you know. Those are way, way smaller in a ring. Mm-hmm. In an octagon. Yeah, because when you got somebody fixed against a surface that's not going to move or mm -hmm. a structure that's not going to move, yeah. you gain a lot more control yeah. over that person. It mean, just changes like the entire nature of the fight because we, we've seen this a lot of times where uh, a guy is a master striker and the other guy is a master wrestler. And because this guy's too good at wrestling, the other guy's just too afraid of getting taken down. He sometimes gets knocked out because he worries too much about takedown mm. and uh, not worried about, you know, or paying attention to punches. Yeah. You know, that happens a lot, man. But in a ring, you don't, you, you worry about less, yeah. you, you know, being taken down. It'd be interesting to see if they would do like separate rounds, so one mm -hmm. round in the ring, one round in the octagon. Yeah, I think they, that that sort of discussion uh, took place for sure, but it's just inconvenient. Inconvenient, right? Yeah. yeah, more than anything. And yeah. at least one championship is doing it really better. Uh, in not in that, I think they uh, have an octagon as well, but they have a lot more divisions. Um, like for example, they have Muay Thai division, mm -hmm. you know, and then MMA division, mm -hmm. and that's why we saw. Uh, that's why we were looking uh, a lot more Thai guys coming to you know, uh, uh, competing or competing at uh, one championship because yeah. they have Muay Thai division with uh, I think it's that four ounce or three ounce gloves, um, the lighter gloves, six ounce I think. Um. So we had a uh, this uh, dream match between Rotang, which is. Um, probably the most famous guy in Muay Thai world today, young still, and Dimitri, Dimitri Johnson, 
they had a fight where uh, the first round was uh, Muay Thai and second round MMA and then just alternating like that but the fight didn't last long uh, Roten couldn't finish him the thing is Dimitri Johnson is not a stranger to striking either I mean he's you know he was he used to be considered one of the best uh, pound per pound mm-hmm. fighter in the world I mean his striking is not by any means a, you know an intermediate level yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean Roten just he can't just walk him down and finish him. You know, this is yeah, not going to work yeah. out that way. He's better, yeah, for sure, but the level difference is not that much. Yeah. Whereas on the ground, the level difference is huge between yeah. them. So he just finished him on the second round. I mean, that's what everybody expected. You know. Yeah, the second you go to the ground, <laughs> yes, you don't have exactly. any experience. Like, what are you supposed to do? And you get you gas, you know, yeah. easily because you're not like. You're not efficiently using your energy. You panic. You know. You're trying to just get out of it. We've done it. We've we've experienced all that, right? Oh Even gosh. in climbing, oh, yeah. right? When you start climbing for the first time, you're strong as fuck, but like you don't have any skills, right? <laughs> so yeah. you're like wasting energy for the most part. Dude, left and right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then when you see somebody do what you're doing, and they, they do it so gracefully, like yeah. they're just basically walking. Yeah. What like, is happening? How was that possible? Yeah. yeah, and that's the exciting thing about you know any skill sport mm-hmm. is when you improve, how much easier it feels like, mm-hmm. like that night and day difference oh, of yeah. being like, oh, this isn't bad. I mean, even like what you say, you know, running. Once you develop your lung capacity and your legs, and mm-hmm. you can go a little further, and you're like, you realize you're you know a decent amount of time into your run, you're not tired, you're not breathing heavy, you're just enjoying the run. Yeah, you're like, wow, you know, only a month ago this was sucked. <laughs> yeah, true. That's amazing feeling. Once you get that in martial arts too, I think you get another level of confidence. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, hundred you know, like, percent. A confidence of knowing, like, oh yeah, this dude can't kick my ass, and maybe if they can, like, it's not going to be this mm-hmm. guy can't just like just whoop my ass. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you feel much more competent and confident mm-hmm. in yourself, even if you were to get in a bad situation. Yeah. And then we talk about this, you know, benefit of going through difficulties, hardships, right? I mean, when you do martial arts and other sports as well, like you're actively creating those opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. Daily, because yeah. you're daily struggle, uh, especially if you're new to that sport, yeah. right? So I think that's why physical uh, training is so important that it creates, we're actively creating those um opportunity to go through hardships and difficulties something that we're not good at you know so we have to struggle during those sessions and we learn and we grow from it yeah right that stimuli is so important because no matter what happens in life Mm -hmm. you're going to have difficult situations so i think a lot of it boils down to do you want to choose your difficult situation or you just want life to throw it at you yeah and i would much rather choose it and to feel even if it is an illusion to Mm -hmm. some degree i would have rather feel the illusion of me being prepared because mm-hmm. I consistently expose myself to that difficulty yeah. rather than suddenly have it thrust upon me by life and maybe not know what the fuck to do in that situation yeah. or how to handle myself. Yeah. I think that would be incredibly intimidating. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't actually, cause I've, just because I've trained for so long since mm-hmm. I was a kid. Uh, and again, like, you know, I'm not in fighting shape by any means, but... I still feel competent and capable enough mm-hmm. to not be worried or stressed out about that. Yeah. And I think that that carries with you in the way you carry yourself. Mm-hmm. And other people can sense that. And again, that's not necessarily why you train, but I do think that's maybe like a benefit that a lot of people don't look at. 
and again, you should never let that kind of attitude or thoughts go to your head because you never know who you're fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody hits you once, weird, you fall and hit your head and you're dead. Yeah. Like, the shit happens all the time. People end up killed over the stupidest, smallest stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's almost never worth fighting. You know, so you don't want the arrogance. Not in the street, never. Yeah, I mean, if you want to fight, and like, don't get me wrong, you you and I both like sparring. Fighting is fun. It's a lot of fun. But never looking to fight when there's actual consequences involved. Yeah. Like in the ring, yeah, maybe maybe a little bit of your pride or who you think you are is involved. But, yeah, outside your life's not worth fucking Mm -hmm. an exchange of words. Or feeling like your feelings were hurt, somebody disrespecting yeah. you. I'm like, fucking who cares? <laughs> Walk yeah. away. Does it really matter that much? Is it mm-hmm. going to matter a week from now? Yeah. But you want to be trained enough that if somebody, you know, is going to try to hurt somebody you care about yeah. and you guys can't get away, or you, you know, you come upon a situation that maybe you can step in on, yeah. then you're capable. You want to feel confident right. and sure of yourself in those situations. And you and I both have had those situations where yeah. you've stepped into something. Yeah. And, you know, fortunately, nothing ever bad's happened, but it's it's also a misconception, I think, unfortunately, that they sh- for for a lot of women that train martial arts, they think they um, will be competent and strong enough to combat a dude, which is just mm-hmm. not the case. Like, don't get me wrong, there's yeah. some some outliers, there are, but men are just on average so much stronger than women that yeah you know you just you just want to avoid fights you want to avoid all these situations mm-hmm. even as a man you want to avoid mm-hmm. those situations i mean on the same level right that's what we're talking about yeah. Yeah. i mean there are certain sports that uh that uh strength matters less but it's never that it matters never you know <laughs> uh, yeah. like a jiu-jitsu for example like a small girl can tap out mm-hmm. a bigger dude for yeah. sure yeah it happens but if you're talking about that girl versus a guy who is uh, equally experienced, then there's no... Um, no comparable. I mean, it has more chance than other sports, don't get me wrong, but still favors guys. If you have the same level of skills and one person has more strength, then that person is more favorable. I yeah. mean, it's just that's how it is. Yes, techniques can overcome strength, but strength is the basis of any sports yeah. Um, unfortunately, that's just how it is, and unfortunately, men um, are stronger because you know we have uh, testosterone, a lot more testosterone. Yeah, <laughs> the, bone density, hence the yeah, hence mass. the bone density, and hence the bigger bigger muscle mass, and all that fiber, better muscle fiber. I mean, that could be wrong statement actually, but <laughs> bigger muscle mass at least, right? So we're just different animals, man. Yeah. Um, like I said, there are outliers, but we're not we're not gonna make a general statement that you know any woman can beat any man. You know yeah. that's just not the right statement. Yeah, um, it's unrealistic. Yeah, but for all the benefits that we've talked about so far, I mean, yeah, anybody should yes. train. Yes, you know, yeah, maybe on a high know, level. We talk about you know, for me, it's climbing that really scratches that itch. It was martial mm-hmm. arts for mm-hmm. the majority of my life. Yeah, but. Yeah, maybe martial arts is something you should go check out that you'd be interested in studying. You know, kickboxing for any yeah. people out there listening. I think it's a worthy endeavor, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. to at least go dip your toe in. Yeah. You might really like it. Maybe you have a hard time working out, staying in mm-hmm. shape, or just finding the motivation to go mm-hmm. exercise. 
Yeah. And if you went and did this, and again, there's places where you don't need to spar. Yeah. You know, you can purely have just a... Yeah, a lot of gyms actually give you an option. Yeah, you know, or there's other very martial arts that, you know, Tai Chi and things Mm -hmm. like that, these softer styles. Yeah, you may not get as robust exercise, Mm -hmm. but a lot of the discipline, the philosophy, I think it can offer a lot of peace Mm -hmm. to people. Yeah. And again, you can choose the hardship and the burden rather than have life thrusted upon you. So it's something yeah. worth heavily considering if you don't have a passion or a love in your life that's physical. Yeah. And also, one thing that I like to um, tell people who are about to start uh, new sports or martial arts, especially martial arts, is that it's going to be a really good opportunity for you to find out what you're made of. Mm. You know, uh, And then most people will struggle. Uh, don't give up too too quickly, you know, because that is very normal. You hit yeah. the wall. That's very very normal. Everybody hits that wall. Yeah. You know, don't think that you're a loser or don't think that you're made of just you know less things. That's just what everybody experiences at first. Yeah. You have to go through it. Um, so I, I like to encourage people, especially beginners, that um, hitting the wall is very normal. So yeah. be patient. Just like anything, when you learn something new, it's going to be hard. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> um, you don't have to have it. You don't have to, you know, think that you're, you know, less uh, less than other people. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. very good advice. Totally agree with those sentiments. Yeah. And I think on that note, we're getting close to the end, so maybe we'll give a shout out to our Patreon members, like we did last time, because yeah, we couldn't do this without you. And we really do appreciate it. We know that money's hard to come by and that mm-hmm. giving it away to a couple strange dudes <laughs> is probably even harder. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks for believing and believing in us. Um, yeah. So shout out to Lee. You know who you are. Cass yeah. Murray. GG1210. Don't know who you are. Rebecca Odell. Mm-hmm. Sins Wolf. John Milton. And then that Lafayette guy, I guess. He's still subscribed. <laughs> <laughs> weirdo. <laughs> yeah, fucking weirdo. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Um, well, we hopefully, we'll get the video content going again next week. And then Kai's laptop. Hopefully, we'll find a replacement or a way to get the data yeah. back, figure out something else. Yeah. This will do in the meantime. We'll, we'll, we'll figure something we'll out. Figure yeah. out. Yeah. For sure. 100%. 100%. <laughs> Whoops, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> so close. <laughs> Nearly the whole podcast without saying it. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a All good right, day. Thank we'll you. talk to you later. Bye. Right, bye.